I'm used to you all applauding as she leaves, but today I'm going to receive that as an applause for myself. So you never do that, and I, and I don't expect that. But boy, it was kind of pleasant and nice. No wonder, no wonder Stephanie's always smiling. This feels great. No, okay. Man, it's good to be with you all today, and um, I know you had a great Thanksgiving week and a good Thanksgiving day. The tryptophan is finally starting to work off, um, sort of, kind of. How many still feel a little sleepy? Just a little bit, just a little bit. We're in the holiday season right now with Thanksgiving going into Christmas. One Christmas announcement I want you to be ready for, Christmas Eve at Momentum Church. Woo! We've never done a Christmas Eve service. We've always done other things and gone out into the city. And and this year, we're actually doing a Christmas Eve service right here. It'll be three services, three opportunities, 4 o'clock, 5.30, and 7 p.m. And so plan for two things. One, that parade that we're going to be in this weekend, it's a great float, but people will be walking and handing out invite cards along with the parade float to come to our Christmas Eve service. So if you can come out and be a part of that, that gets the word out for a Christmas Eve event. Um, also, plan to serve at the Christmas Eve event. There's, there's three opportunities, so you can serve one, go to one, that kind of a thing. And so, man, we believe that God's going to do great things, just intersecting in people's lives that night. And so plan now. And if you would, take some time between now and Christmas Eve to pray about that day, all right? And I'm not even say fast. Maybe take a meal or two meals a week and just take that season. God, who will you touch and make a difference in their lives on Christmas Eve? And I'm going to just believe God to do great things. Amen? Amen. So that's coming up. Now, another thing I want to speak to before we get started, this Thanksgiving week started all awesome. And I'll tell you why. Because on Monday morning, we closed on this property. Woo! Praise God. We were supposed to take two years to raise money to get in here, and next August closed, but, but the Lord allowed us to close, what is that, 14 months, like eight months early, something like that, or I'm not good at math. Okay, but still, a lot earlier, you know, and only Jesus could have done that, and I'm going to tell you something that's even cooler than that. There was enough left over that we were able to, we're going to be able to invest $50,000 into the future, whatever that might be as far as a facility or a second location. Isn't that cool? To know that your faithfulness has already caused us to be able to get this property and to put some in investment, all right? We want to invest and make money on that money, amen? And so to be able to do that, oh my goodness. So what does that look like? I don't know. I don't, I'll be honest, I, 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 it could be that 500-seat sanctuary we've talked about back here on the back side of the property. It could be a second location. I don't know what Jesus is going to have us to do. I'll just be quite honest right now. I'm torn. I, I like both ideas. The board, we're torn. The staff, we're torn. We like both ideas of what's next. What we do know that God hasn't called us to be is a mega church. Nothing wrong with mega churches. We love mega churches. We got mega churches that are part of the kingdom and a part of the same team all over this area. But we do believe God's called us to be a micro church with macro impact. So what does that mean? That means that on this campus, we may take that 50 and add to it here in a couple years and build a 500-seat sanctuary. That's about as big a sanctuary as we want. We like this. I like this feel of intimacy, you know. 
And so, but it'll grow, and we understand that because healthy things grow. And so we'll send teams and people and go out and plant other locations and allow God to raise up young leaders to go do great things for him. Amen? So micro kind of feel with macro impact. I'm just excited that you were able to get it done on this campus and have enough to set aside to sow into the future. Is that, that's only God. Everybody shout that, say only God. Praise Jesus. I love it. And, and it was funny, too, because um, we're getting ready to sign. I'm looking at all the guys, and they got suits and nice clothes. And, and, and I'm realizing I'm in jeans and a sweatshirt and my chain, you know. And I'm like, well, this isn't appropriate. I should have come more dignified to sign for almost $1.5 million, you know. But to me, it kind of like the Lord just used it to t- tell me, you know what, it wasn't about you anyhow. It's been about me the whole time anyways. And God can use y'all if you'll, he'll, if you'll let me, you know. And he is, amen. And so... I'm excited about that. So that's how my Thanksgiving started. It was an awesome week of Thanksgiving and worship, getting started to see the God that is the El Shaddai, the one that's all-sufficient, and how he supplied through his people to get this property. And so what a great way to start. Today what I want to look at, I want to look at a subject I'm going to call developing the heart of worship, developing the heart or a heart of worship, and with it being Thanksgiving weekend, I want to throw out this idea that worship, it really is just about giving thanks, that's really all worship is, true worship when it comes down to it, it's always expressed, you know, when you worship, there's an expression that comes, when you're thankful, there's an attitude that comes that moves into action, and so the thing with that, there's different ways to express Worship, amen? There's different ways. And, and when I go through some of these ways, I don't want you to think when I say this, well, Ross, you're trying to pigeonhole me and how I respond to God and how dare you do that. I, I get that, all right? Because you're going to say, and I agree with you, I'm who God has uniquely made me to be, and I'm going to worship as God has called me to worship. I get that. Everybody worships different. You got Chad Davis over here singing today. And today we got to see, man, he's just, he's just a groover. He's just grooving. He's just... He's grooving when he's worshiping, you know. He's grooving when he's worshiping. He's grooving. Okay, I'm sorry. So you got Chad. He's a groover. Once in a while, Chad will even basketball. He'll, 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 he's going basketball when he worships. He's, he's going to worship the Lord, and he's going to dribble, you know. And that's, God love Chad. I love, he's going to dribble. He's going he's to go for the victory for Jesus. Now, if he starts dropping back fadeaways, jump shot in worship, we may go, buddy, I'm not, sh-. no, I'm teasing. But you're going, Ross, I'm not that expressive. I get that. I understand that, you know. But when it comes to worship in our lives, it is about expressing thanksgiving. And that may look different ways. And I want to look at seven dominant Hebrew words in the Old Testament that kind of describes worship. And you're going to hear a little common theme amongst these, okay. So the first Hebrew word, everybody repeat, say todah. Y'all towed out the heck out of this place this morning. Hallelujah. And you don't even know you did it, all right? So what todah is, is a thanksgiving choir. That's what todah is. It's a choir that brings thanks. And y'all as a choir, as a congregation today, I love when Pastor Corey had the music drop out. And you could just hear your voices lifted up in praise to God. That was todah. That was a thanksgiving choir lifted up before Jesus. And to me, that was one of the reasons why you can't just walk out your Christian faith alone, you know. And I know church hurts you. And I know Christians can be stupid, you know. I'm just being honest. Sometimes we can be ridiculous. And people will get frustrated with Christians. Don't get frustrated with the Christ of Christianity just because the Christians of Christianity don't act sometimes like the Christ of Christianity. 
That's good preaching. Okay. And so if you're here today, and that's been the case at times, and you find yourself distant from God, oh my goodness, it's so rich when you do it in community, when you're, when you're in this thing together, and you can't tota all by yourself. It's a choir of thanksgiving, and you can be at home in the shower, and you can sing your lungs out, but you'll never toda. I want you to say, I want to toda. <laughs> you know? I do. I want you to toda. I want to toda every week, you know? And when we come together today, we, we just toda unto the Lord. Past tense in Hebrew do not work that way. You don't add EDs to it, but still... That's what we did today. The next thing that we see in the Old Testament, another prominent word for worship is Barak. B-A-R-A-K. Say Barak. Barak is to kneel in worship or to kneel in thanksgiving. So Todah is a thanksgiving choir. Barak is to kneel in thanksgiving. Another word we use for kneel is bow. Where you go and you prostrate yourself before the Lord. You know, you bow down. And that's something that I find myself in worship, I'll do often, even on a Sunday morning. I just, I love you people, but I'm getting ready to go up and preach to you people, you know. And so there's times where in worship, I just need to close in with God and myself for a minute before I go speak. Does that make sense? And so I'll just close in. I'll get to, right, usually on one of these seats. Once in a while I'll come up here, but I'll just close in. I'll just kneel and bow in worship, and I just get my heart before the Lord. And a lot of times in that moment, I'm, God, is there something else you want me to say? I've worked hard to prepare is there anything else I need to change? Is, God, is there something you want me to just throw the notes away and speak? You know? And that's just, that's, that's, that's Barak. That's that, that bowing before the Lord. The third thing, the third prominent word, say this, say tehillah. And it means to sing a song of thanksgiving. And so all day long you can tehillah. You can sing a song on your own. It's not todah. It's just singing a song. Now, you want to pronounce that right? I heard a guy, a preacher named Robert Morris say it's tehillah, not tequila. You drink enough tequila, you may sing a song, right? Have a tequila, have a tequila. No, no. But I'm just saying, it's tequila, Ronnie. It's to sing a song, okay? That's what it is. Okay, so tequila. The third or fourth one is halal, H-A-L-A-L. Say halal. And this is a great one. I love this. To give thanks by being clamorously foolish, all right? Clamorously foolish. Once in a while in a church service, you may hear somebody that worship's going on, and you just hear somebody, woo, you know, not as often here as some places. We're a little bit reserved at times, but you'll hear somebody just being clamorously foolish. I'll just, can I embarrass myself a little bit? I'm a jumper. You guys have seen, I'm, I'm a bouncer. I like to bounce. And I'm going to tell you something. Since I've lost weight, I bounce more. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, kind of. I jump more. I used to bounce a lot. <laughs> Shut up. That's not funny. Okay, so. So, so when it comes down to it, once in a while, my bounce isn't enough. You know, I just, I got I to gotta get, I got to get some, I got to, I got to get a little halal, you know, just be clamorously foolish before the Lord. And I'm not saying you have to, but there's some times where my gratitude and my thanksgiving is just welling up to where I just, I just, oh, I just, mm, Jesus, come on, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, there is, you know what, we get the word hallelujah, hallel, hallel, lu, yeah. Praise to Yah or God. Hallelujah. I'm going to clamorously and foolishly declare the goodness of my God. Everybody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Ooh, come on, shout it one more time. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good stuff. That gave me chills. Man, that gives me chills. I just think about our heavenly father just like, that's my kids. 
They love me. Check this out. They're drawing near to me. Oh, I'm going to draw near to them. It's kind of what worship's all about. It goes on. There's another definition of worship that we'll see throughout Scripture. It's yada, Y-A-D-A-H, yada. And it's to give thanks with extended hands or the lifting of hands. And in our translations, they'll say lift up your hands, oh, you. And then you lift up your hands. It's extended. And, you know, that, that, but you're like, but pastor, I wasn't raised that way. I get that. You know what I love about worship nowadays when it comes to churches? Not just the Pentecostal church raises their hands anymore. Thank God. Not just the Pentecostal church claps anymore. Not just the Pentecostal church shouts anymore. Not just the Pentecostal. When I was a kid growing up, if you did all that weird stuff, it was like, oh, they're Pentecostals. Them Pentecostals, you got to be careful of that. They'll have snakes out pretty soon. And some of them would, you know. So the thing with it, though, is, no, it's a biblical expression of worship to engage your physicality in the appreciation and thanksgiving of an awesome God. It's a biblical expression of worship. And we see so often now in all types of walks, you know, Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist, Pentecost, all, not Presbyterians, but everything else. I'm kidding. I'm teasing. One of my board members is a Presbyterian. And so when I made that joke in the first service, she looked at me like, and she was mad, but you know what? She's Presbyterian. She was predestined to be mad. It's okay. That was funny right there. I don't care who you are. I looked at her. I was like, you know what? And you can drink as a Presbyterian all you want. So that's good, too, because you can just go forget about what I said this afternoon. No, 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 no. That's wrong. Say bad pastor. Yes, bad pastor. Let's get back to Jesus. Okay, so. The extension of hands, though, it's a biblical thing, you know? And a lot of times, you know, it's weird because you're like, I, does it take all that? I don't know. But Scripture just says to engage ourselves physically in our worship. And, and so a lot of times people, maybe you remember the first time you ever raised your hands in worship. And everybody raises their hand in worship the first time by carrying the TV. I'm going to carry the furniture. I'm going to carry the TV, you know. And, um, but there's something freeing about it. And I, I, I heard it said years ago, like, why do people raise their hands in worship? And the thought was this, that when you're in school and you know the answer, you raise your hands. Remember Horshack? All us older ones know that. Oh, right? We raise our hands when we know the answer, you know? How many knows the answer is Jesus? Amen? He's the, so there's just a sense of raising their hands. Another thing I've always thought of when I raise my hands to the Lord, it's just kind of a conduit. God, I'm here. I just, I want to worship you. I love you, Jesus. Just... I want to touch you, you touch me. It's, I'm just wanting to engage, you know. It's just an invitation for engagement. That's all. So that's yada. Another one is zamar, to give thanks with a musical instrument. A musical instrument. Oh, my goodness. This band. Can you thank God for the worship team that we have in this house? <clears throat> What's cool about this is, this is just a part of them. If you're a guest with us, there's over 40 people that are working rotation throughout the month to be a part of this. And what I love about them as they zamar, as they worship the Lord in, with instruments, there's not a diva amongst them. I'm being honest. There's not an ego amongst them. They love Jesus, and they just want to play their music as worship unto the Lord, you know. And that's what it's, that's, they just, they're just great zamarists. Again, not how you, not how you do that with Hebrew, but still, it's awesome. And the final one that you see predominantly, these seven out of 11 Hebrew words, but these are the seven prominent ones throughout the Old Testament, is Shabak, S-H-A-B-A-C-H. And it's to give thanks in a loud tone, and it's defined often in our English Bibles as shout to the Lord. 
or give a shout of praise. And so that is Shabbat. So can we take a second and just Shabbat up in here, up in here. Just give God a big praise. Say praise the Lord. Praise Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Yeah, that's, that, that is a, an expression of, of Shabbat unto the Lord. And even that, if you don't have any words, just shout Shabbat. That just sounds, sounds awesome. I don't even, it's, it's good stuff, all right? So here's what you need to understand, though. Listen, you will never be a worshiper, though, without a thankful heart. Watch this. Todah, a thanksgiving choir. Barak, to kneel in thanksgiving. Tehillah, to sing a song of thanksgiving. Halal, to give thanks by being clamorously foolish. To give what? Yada, to give thanks with extended hands. Zamar, to give thanks with musical instruments. Shabbat, to give, uh, Shabbat, to give thanks in a loud tone. As you look at all those, those words that mean come worship, every one of them ties to an action. Every one of them ties to thanks that then is expressed through something physical, right? My wife, I love dearly. But if I didn't express my love through something physical, if I didn't ever so often kiss them sweet lips, she may wonder about my affections. My wife does not wonder about my affections. Right? That's an expression of, of, of love. This, this week, I wanted to show an expression of love for my wife. She'd been on me about putting wood floors in our house. And so we bought these tiles that look like wood. And, and, and we've had them for a couple months sitting in the corner. And, and baby, you're going to get those done by Thanksgiving, aren't you? Yes, dear, I'm going to get those done by Thanksgiving. You know I am. And I know that when I do that, it will be a physical expression of my concern for her, my love for her, my desire to make her happy because her folks are coming to town for Thanksgiving. All that right yet I put it off so last week week and a half ago she's going Ross there was a time in your life when you would just do a couple all-nighters and knock it out you know what's different I said I'm 44 that's what's different because I get home I see the kids it's about nine at night I want to go nighty night I want to go sleepy town okay and so this week part of that was my pride was up and so this week I'm like I'll show that woman I still got it you know and so from Monday night through Thanksgiving, literally 9 a.m. Thanksgiving morning, I finished. Slept like four hours in three days. And the 44-year-old old man got it done. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, uh, but what I'm saying is, it was a physical expression of my love for her. You know, I want to please her. I want to make her happy, you know. And, and she received it as such, you know. Wishes I would have done it a little sooner. But still, it's a physical expression. And so you'll never be a worshiper without a thankful heart, your worship literally is rooted in your thankfulness. And you're saying, Pastor, we haven't looked at a scripture yet. Can we stand to our feet as we look at some word? Psalms 100, and if you're a guest, we always stand just to honor the word of the Lord. In Psalms 100, I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to jump back to something. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Ah, you're his. You're his people, and you're the sheep of his pasture. That's awesome. How many here, you ever had a dog you didn't want to claim? Be honest. You know, I, I did. Kobe Joe. Kobe Joe would tear the neighborhood up, and people would go, your dog was in my trash. Your dog tore up this. Your dog that. My dog what? I don't, I don't Kobe Joe who? 
You don't. But guess what? As God's sheep, we wander. Yeah, we do. We stray. We get into stuff. We mess stuff up. But he still says, you're my sheep. You're the sheep of my pasture. In other words, he's still claiming us even when we're a mess. If that ain't reason to praise him, what is? Man, I'm worse than Kobe Joe ever was. But my daddy claims me. I try to shoot Kobe Joe with a shotgun. That's another story. I'm sorry. We're not going to... We're not going to go there. Okay. So it says this, though. Watch. It says, enter his gates with a thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Father, in the next few minutes, just give us, give us some, just give us some, 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 some impetus for our praise. If we struggle, God. In our worship, we struggle in our gratitude, if we struggle in our thanksgiving, place some things in us, some reminders in us that makes it easy for us to just turn toward you in worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have your seat. As you're seated, this scripture is so cool in that four of those seven things that I talked about, those seven words, are in this passage of scripture. So let's look at it that way, all right? So let's go down to verse four. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. That is the word toda. Enter his gates with toda. And his courts with tahila, with praise. Give yada, give thanks to him. Barak his name. Bless his name. Four of the seven are right there in one little verse. That's a power-packed little verse, you know. So let's read it that way. Enter his gates with a thanksgiving choir. And his courts with singing your praises. Give thanks or, or, or allow yourself to extend your hands to him and bow to his blessed name. Amen? That's, that's what it's saying. Can you see how rich that is when you start to look at it? Yet, so often, when we have a worship service, in our minds it's the idea, well, you know what, that's what we do before Ross comes up, gives us some spiritual truth that we can, is applicable to our lives and makes us laugh some. And I hope I can do that. You know, my pastor taught me to preach that way. Get them laughing, smack them with truth. Get them laughing, smack them with truth, you know. <laughs> and so, so, you know, the, 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 but that's not what worship is. It's not the preliminary. It's not, man, it's the meat of the day. It's the day where we enter as a choir to sing to our God, to bow before him, to raise our hands before him. To, 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 you are everything, God. To offer our gratitude and to offer our thanksgiving to him. Our worship, as I said, it's rooted in our thankfulness. And when we realize how good he is, thankfulness comes natural. When we begin to reflect on all he's done in our lives, worship and gratitude becomes just a, a natural expression of that reflection. Amen? A couple nights ago, I had the greatest opportunity. Ronnie and Bree, wave your hands. Hi, guys. This is the DJ, Bree. Boom. Drop the mic, walk off the stage. No, I'm serious, though. She's an amazing um, um, uh, house techno um, artist. And, and her husband, Ronnie, he's pretty okay, too. No, no, I'm kidding. He, he does, he's amazing, too, at this kind of art form. And um, he works full-time in the music industry in the city. And, and, and she, she's just an amazing. I mean, I've never seen a mother of five rock out like she did Friday night. So what happened was a few months ago, Bree and Ronnie said, hey, we want you to come with us to a house techno party kind of thing. I'm sure you said it right when you asked us. I don't know the lingo. 
So, but they want us to come, and man, we've been, we've been excited about it. So she got an opportunity to open for a really big headliner, a guy that's from Toronto that flew in for this thing, and she's the opening act. Nobody told us that it starts at 10 and ends at 3 in the morning. All right? Opening act didn't even start till like midnight or so. But this girl held it together for like two and a half hours. It was incredible, you know. And so we go there, and it was just awesome. And Amy was telling the, the owner, Andrea, just explain to her how, how this is new to us, you know. And Amy, she can't dance, okay. Now, I didn't grow up dancing like the techno style. These guys, they're, yeah, it was really groovy. It was cool. It was, it was you know, I grew up kind of like, you know, hip-hop, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, that was r- ugly and ridiculous, but um, that's what I grew up around. So, long story short, you know, I'm, do- I'm, I'm doing my thing, you know. And um, Amy, she's standing there, and she's, she's doing peanuts, you know. <laughs> Looks like Lucy, you know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, so Andrea comes up to her to try to help salvage her club. <laughs> no. She comes up to her, and she's, like, talking with Amy. And come to find out, Andrea's a believer. She's a Christ follower, you know. And her husband, Pierre, they're Christ followers. And they have this club that you wouldn't walk into a club and think this is a Christ-following place. But the owners are Christ followers. And, man, they would love nothing more than God just to be able to intersect people's lives and, and do his thing as he does his thing, you know. And it's just really cool. And so she's talking to Amy, and Amy's just, you know, kind of like, yeah, I'm not really good at this, you know. <laughs> And, um, and, the, and the lady gave her some advice. And this is what she told her, and I wrote it down. She said, she said um, um, just think of God and respond to him in worship. Come on. So we're in an environment that's probably basically a secular club. And her response to Amy is, think of God and respond to him in worship. Oh, my goodness. My wife became Beyonce in a moment. No, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't. <laughs> no, she didn't. But she, in a moment. It was amazing. She, I'm looking over like, I've never seen my wife dance like this, you know. And she's just, she's just praising God. I mean, she got her mind to a place where it wasn't about the people. It wasn't about the club. It wasn't about DJ Bree or Carlo Leo. It wasn't about anything. It was just about God. And in that, she grooved. And in that, she worshiped. And in that, she, she got her praise on. It was beautiful. It was so awesome, you know. And, and, and so that was our first experience at a rave. Is it called a rave? A house party. I'm so dorky. I don't know anything, okay? But it was a powerful night. We got to hang with people, get to meet some good new friends. So it was so awesome, you know? And, um, I mean, just such a good time, you know, that we had. And, um, but it taught us something about worship. Because as we were moving, I don't know what was in everybody else's mind as they were moving. But, man, I'm worshiping God as I'm moving, you know? And, um, and they had taught me things like you listen for the... the, the, the the beat, you know, and my head was worshiping God, and then my knees started worshiping God, and then all over, I was worshiping God, it's awesome, all right, so when it comes down to it, think of this, when, when you begin to think of all that God is and all that he does, you can't help but be filled with thanksgiving, when you start to allow your mind to think, that thanksgiving leads you right into a place of worship and praise, so how do you develop a heart of worship? You develop thanksgiving. You, you develop that sense of gratitude that you're looking at every little thing that God's done that is so good. And then you express it, whether you sing it, whether you extend your hands, whether you bow, maybe dance unto the Lord, whatever it might be. But there's an expression of physicality to the Lord. And here's what's beautiful about it. 
The scripture says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. A gate is a pathway to a place, and a court is that place. And so we enter with our gratitude and thanksgiving this, this, this gate of, of, of worship and this place, or thanksgiving and this place of praise, but that place has a name. It's the courts of God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. What an invitation you have on your own to worship God and to come to that place. But as a church, every Sunday, you're not just waiting for Steph to make great announcements and for your preacher to preach. You have an invitation to come into the courtroom of God, into his royal place, his presence. Ah, it's so good. And so his court, I'm telling you right now, that's right where you want to be. You're going through hell in your life, you want to be in his courts, you know. You're going through debt, you want to be in his courts. You're going through struggles with your own identity, you want to be in his courts. You're going through marital strife, husband and wife, you want to be in his courts. Man, in his courts, the Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy. And we see a gateway to the presence. We see it. It's that. It's gratitude and thanksgiving that begins to be extended through worship that walks us right into this place where there's fullness of joy. But Ross, in the midst of that place, I'm still going through my stuff. Yeah, but it's outside, if you will, that place. You know? I, it's cute. I could see at the dance, at the, at the, at the house party, I could see people kind of getting their place. So this was their place, you know? And you almost could see and imagine, outside this place, all hell might be breaking loose. And outside this place, there's struggles at home. And outside there's place. But you know what? I'm in, I'm in my place right now. And so I'm doing my thing. Isn't that cool? Now imagine this, that the thing you're doing is unto the Lord. And the Bible says when you draw near to him, he draws near to you. And in that place, pow, God shows up. And his healing shows up, and his deliverance shows up, and his supernatural sustaining power, because that issue may not fix itself overnight. We don't serve a God just, just, just you rub a genie lamp and it's all better. All, you know what I mean? It might be years of going through stuff, but the sustaining power of our providential God is there. Come on, somebody. In that place, that court, that place where he resides. And so if that alone isn't enough to fill your mouth with praise and give you an attitude of gratitude, let, let me walk us down another scripture today just for a few minutes. Okay, we're almost done. And I want you to see how great your God is. So turn your Bibles to a famous passage, Psalms 23. And I'm picking this passage because <coughs> you all know it. And I want it to be a daily reminder. When you, when you stop having that sense of thanksgiving, Go back to this scripture and let it give you a sense of why you can have gratitude, why you should be full of worship. You know, it's just such a common passage. It's Psalms 23. Turn to Psalms 23. And we started with that we are the sheep of his pasture, right? We're his sheep. And so if we're his sheep, he's our shepherd, right? And so let's go to Psalms 23. And we're going to start off with this and just kind of work our way down through this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Guys, listen, that's relationship. The longing of our heart wants so much, and we go towards so little to provide so much so often, and we wind up broke, busted, and disgusted. The longing of our heart is only satisfied by relationship with the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
That's relationship. When we come into a relationship with the shepherd, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's times we need some direction and guidance and this and that. But he's right there with us. Watch this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's provision. God has everything that you need. Run to Jesus. Not everything else. Run to Jesus. As a pastor, I get called all the time. Pastor, I need help with this or I need help with that. You know, counseling and this and that. And when you talk with them, there's no basis of faith at all. They have no desire to pursue the things of Jesus at all. But they're calling a pastor to find help. And all I can say is, I can't do magic. But I can introduce you to Jesus. And he can change your life. This is what I have to offer is this relationship with Jesus. I can teach you about Jesus. And yes, I can teach you counseling principles. And yes, I can help you get better self-esteem through counseling. But it's all rooted in Jesus. I've actually had people through the years at times, you know, can we have anything practical here? It just seems like everything goes back to Jesus. Yes, it does. It all goes back to Jesus. Why? Because he's the one that lies me down in green pastures. In other words, places of provision. He's the one that has it all. Listen to this. He leads me beside still waters. That's rest. We need rest after that party Friday night. I need rest. I did. I need lots of rest. Five hours. I'm not trained for that, you know. He restores my soul. That's refreshment. You might need that refreshing. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's guidance. He leads for his name's sake. That's purpose. He gives you guidance to walk in the purpose he has for you. That his name would be glorified and that people would be touched. Number four, verse four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's testing. Thank God for his testing. Amy and I are who we are because of the stuff we went through. You are who you are because of the stuff you went through. Thank God for testing. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's testing. I will fear no evil. That's protection in the midst of that valley. For you are with me. That's faithfulness. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's discipline. Isn't that heavy? That's discipline. Now, you may say, but pastor, I don't want discipline. That's all. No, 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 you do. I have never whooped one of your children, ever. Why? They're not my children. I've whooped my children. Yes, I have, because I'm daddy. And they're my children. That discipline in our life is something to thank God for. You know, God, thank you that I'm going through some hard times and I know I caused it myself. Thank you, because if you didn't care, I'd just keep going. But you care and you let it all fall apart on me. Thank you, God, for disciplining me. That means you're my daddy. You're claiming me. You know, at times growing up, I would think, Daddy, don't claim me too much, you know. God, you're claiming me. Thank you. You know, thank you, Lord. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's hope. That's hope. In the midst of whatever you're going through, those attacks, he brings hope. You anoint my head with oil. That's consecration. He's claiming you. He's consecrating you. He's setting you apart in the midst of all that. And then my cup overflows. That's abundance. Let's stand to our feet. I love as it ends. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's blessing, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. That's security. I get to dwell in his house forever, it says. That's eternity. This thing is good, and it's going to be good to the last drop. It's going to be good throughout all eternity. He's good. So when it comes to worship and what drives our praise, it isn't about what we have in our lives, but who we have in our lives. This whole passage 
doesn't start with the stuff. It starts with the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Everybody say that. Say the Lord is my shepherd. That's where it starts. Him. It starts with Him. Him. Not, not the stuff, but the Lord. So worship, it's, it's all, it comes out of praise of not what he's doing, but who he is. And he does do a lot. And so when you forget it, remind yourself, by looking at this, but what we come back to in all this is this, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what that is? That's his courts. Isn't that neat? It comes right back to entering into the courts of God, right back into being in his presence, right back to being in his house. And you're like, yeah, but I don't want to die yet, Ross. I get that. That's not what we're talking about. Someday heaven will come, and those heavenly courts will happen. But because of Jesus, we have an invitation to come into his house. Just like Amy and I had an invitation to come into Pierre and Adrian's, Andrea's house on Friday night, and we got to experience all that we got to experience. We have an invitation to come into God's house, into his courts, into his presence because of the Lord. And so remember this. He's just at the threshold of your thanksgiving. God, I feel you close. I feel you distant. I feel you far. Begin to thank him. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. He's just at the threshold of your thanksgiving. He, he's at the window of your worship. Just open the window and declare worship up unto him. You know, just, God, you're good. And watch him begin to pour in that window his presence. He is at the por portal of your praise, if you will. Right there, just step through with your praise and enter with your thanksgiving. And in the midst of all that, you'll get what you really need. It's Jesus. It's his presence. Amen? Close your eyes for a moment. If you're here today, and you felt distant from God. And you're like, ah, I just want to draw closer to Him. If that's you today, would you hold up your hand? Anybody? I'm not going to embarrass you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Just, I want to draw close to God. Everybody, let's all pray this. Say, Jesus, I love you. I worship you, say. Come into my life. Forgive me for my sins and for running from you. I run to you today, Jesus. I thank you. I look forward, Jesus, to seeing what this new life is all about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you give God praise in here? Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.